0: Welcome everyone. So grateful you're here with us. Wow, what a huge topic we have for this (laughs) retreat. (laughs) This is a juicy topic because there's so many nuances to it and and there are a lot of questions. Again, we, we ask you to write in your your questions, and your prayers, and your experiences, and yep, we have another book here. (laughs) So we've started to go through it. But always with Friday night, we just want to really welcome everyone, because, um, yeah, we're just going to take this journey together this weekend, and really go into guidance in a very practical way. And I guess for many of you who have A Course in Miracles as your practice, You might say in terms of spiritual practice that guidance is a really a central piece of working with the Course in Miracles. There are a number of pathways to God. Some of them are non-dualistic, some of them involve meditation, uh, long periods of meditation. Some of them involve uh, adherence to uh, rituals, I think a lot of monasteries and convents uh, traditionally have involved lots and lots of rituals, where the, the uh, monks and the nuns wake up sometimes at four or five in the morning and then do a huge amount of rituals throughout the day, um, usually with, with their attention on, on God, even though their mind is drawn into all kinds of uh, other things, you might say distracting ego thoughts, but the Pathway of A Course in Miracles is definitely a pathway of learning to be in touch with your higher self, the Holy Spirit, your intuition, your guidance, and this is something that you might say is designed to save time. So that's why it's so important on the Pathway of, of A Course in Miracles, because you're being asked to go through a, a transformation of consciousness and you could say, in which you start off being very, very identified with the body. Heavily invested in the body and the things of this world. And then you go through a phase where you start questioning and raising beliefs into awareness to be questioned, and then as you question the belief system in the mind, including some questions of beliefs that seem to be even unconscious as they're flushed up into awareness, then you do go through a phase of, we call it, being done through. And so you go from being heavily invested in the doer, to going done through, and then as you go much further with being done through, the you might say you you go beneath the Ego's thoughts of identification with the world and the body, and you sink down toward the light, and then you are literally undone from the ego and are able to merge with the light. So that's the context for it, and oftentimes we could say just at the beginning, a lot of times people think of guidance so associated with the future. What am I going to do with my life? Holy Spirit, Jesus, what are you going to make of me? Where are you going to take me? Will I even be able to recognize myself when you're through with all this guidance? And it's very associated with the future, but I think we want to start to have you relax a bit about that because actually it's not like uh, the secret or law of attraction where, you know, you're just going to have Jesus and the Holy Spirit use your mind to manifest a better future than your past. You know that's kind of a simplistic way of thinking of guidance as if it applies to, oh if I learn to be guided then the Holy Spirit will give me a better world in the future than I had in the past. It it could be thought of as, as a, a world where you you learn less and less to to compare, to contrast, to analyze, and you move towards acceptance. But it's not like you're trying to manifest a specific future and you need guidance to fuel your manifestation of a better future. Actually, all guidance is designed to take you to the holy instant, to take you into the present moment, to take you into the keyhole back into eternity. So then you can relax a bit. Oh yeah, okay, the guidance is for, for me to become fully present, not about generating a better future. Uh, that, that self-concept that you have believed you are, the body, personality and the, the cosmos, you know, may seem to undergo some seeming shifts and changes, but ultimately it's just taking you to like a, a leap-off point to go to the light and to take you into the present moment. So that, I just wanted to say that up front, because a lot of times people put so much pressure on themselves about getting guidance for the future. Uh, and and I'm saying, no, no, relax. This guidance is just totally designed to take you into the, the Holy Instant. That's, that's the point of it. And it's not about making the world a better place. It's not about Saving the world as if there's an external world that needs to be saved. It's actually Bringing your mind back to its natural condition of of peace and stillness A, a, A son of God can only be happy in the Environment in which the son was created. Well, that's heaven So it's great when Jesus tells us listen. I'll make it easy for you You can only be purely happy in heaven because you're a child of God and you were created as spirit and you're happy when you're when you know your spirit as long as you still are identified with the images you, you know there's going to have to be an undoing and we were talking at the beginning how even this undoing of the ego Jesus has six stages of the development of trust cuz trust is is key in letting the ego go but four of the six stages are challenging difficult um, disorienting uh, you know four of the six stages are difficult which gives you kind of a little bit of a of an idea how it's going to feel at times like a dismantling going on and you can feel a lot of confusion and disorientation with this dismantling but Jesus says don't worry it's it it will be much shorter, this period of confusion and disorientation, than the time it took to fix your mind so firmly on illusions. It's, it's shorter to let it go, than all the. He doesn't even tell us how many, how many years or millennium we've been building this, this uh, false matrix, but he's telling us it's going to be shorter letting it go than it was in building it but it will be uh, uncomfortable at times. And so he's kind of trying to give us a realistic picture of that. So we're, this is our Friday welcoming. (laughs) We're just here welcoming you. And and I know Francis, you love this topic. We we both can talk on this till the cows come home. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I do. And uh, yeah, I just also want to um, join David in welcome you all to join us because I know that this probably is the one thing that really um, um, defined this whole journey for me, even, even I would say um, when I had the course and studied it, had a study group, facilitated a study group, but it, it's not that part of my uh, journey that defines what this journey is about until I really jump into this um, this style of living. And I, I would say that I had so many questions about guidance before um, really jumping into this life, because I thought this is the most un- understandable thing based on my frame of thinking. <laughs> like, how is this? I don't understand it. I, I, and I had a lot of questions at the beginning so really what we're here trying to do this weekend is trying to put in words and have have us all join together in a state of mind to, to tap into a different way of thinking and a different style of living, really. Because I think we all know that just even you joining this weekend is because we know that this practice has to be integrated in every single part of our life it has to be practical so guidance is the practical application is you know as our topic of this retreat is saying it is a direct pathway to god because this is where we we cannot just talk about the concept and and i we are reading all of your questions they're all about how exactly do I apply it in my life. And I feel like behind it is a question that I am ready to use every symbol in my life and to give those symbol over and to have spirit guide those symbols and guide my life in order to achieve a more expansive state of mind and and we join you in that in this weekend that's our purpose yeah
0: that's it we're we are so joined and really i have to say your prayers and your questions um really show the depth that you care about this topic and um because you go into so many different nuances about it like if it's as if it's a diamond you're like okay let's look at all the facets of the diamond so, after we come through this weekend retreat, there'll be a much clearer understanding and, and feel for the topic of guidance. I remember, I think, Anne um, Farrington um, basically was, we've talked uh, during the week on Wednesday, and Anne, and you were saying, oh, I think I'll, maybe I'd like to talk to you, but maybe I'll get my chance here in the weekend. But you, you actually wrote it out. Uh, your, your one question that maybe that you were having on the top of your head was was one too about going through MMT and watching some of the videos and the audios talking about um, how guidance uh, works through attraction and you were saying, hmm, I don't know if I actually get that, you know, it's not like uh, when I'm being guided I'm thinking, oh yes, I'm so attracted to this, This is probably uh, some ego resistance, and maybe even a lot of it coming up and um, it was beautiful because when you asked the question, it started to remind me of of, of the guidance that i 've received over many, many years, and how in the past it was like the the David character, the mind that thought it was David basically had had these preferences, these values, these beliefs these be- daily thoughts in um, a pretty fixed um, perception of the self-concept of a self that was made to take the place of the Christ of a self that had adapted and adjusted to the world oh you know, there's uh, there's a grade school junior high high school and then ten years of university on top all developing and shaping a self-concept uh, which is so st- take the place of, of my divine reality. And then I remember as I got into the Course and, and started practicing the Course and, and following these inner prompts that I would have, it wasn't so much that I I could actually see what it was that I was, was attracted to in the guidance, but I experienced a lot of what I would call whims, where I got so focused on the mind training on following my little nudges and prompts that it's as if the Holy Spirit and Jesus know our ego preference system, our ego belief system, and then with Jesus knowing our preference systems, he's like, Okay, I got a lot lot for you I want you to do. I want you to travel. Travel? Hmm, yeah, you know I don't like to travel. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to speak through you. You know I was voted most quiet in my senior class, and I don't like to speak, I I didn't have a lot of friends in high school, I I didn't have a lot of friends in university, and you went to now use me for speaking? Are you you crazy? I mean, it's like travel and speaking, those are not things that that I would identify as strong points at all. I would say, I don't, know. I don't know the ins and outs of traveling and I don't know where I'm going to get the money to travel. <laughs> That's another big one. And I don't know about this speaking let it being used in the speaking function. But yet, as I seem to go through the process of traveling, lots of emotions coming up, fears, doubts, Oh my gosh, am I going to make it? I'm going to die out on the road. Um, All those kind of things. It's like where I went and the foods that were offered to me, the places I was offered to stay, the use our our swimming pool, oh I like that, use our tennis courts. Boy, that's an interesting synchronicity. You know, all these things that were part of the preference system Of David were getting used, but it wasn't David seeking them. I wasn't in my car, okay? The secret law of attraction, let's manifest the tennis court, let's manifest the swimming pool, let's manifest uh, the foods that I like, you know, which is kind of more trying to use the power of the mind to bring something in from the future that that is liked, that I'm attracted to, is more like Jesus is like, do the mind training, work on the forgiveness, follow those nudges and prompts, and I'll give you a little whims along the way, like little, little things that you find attractive, and I know you find them attractive, so I'm going to sprinkle a lot of breadcrumbs on your awakening journey with the things that you are attracted to. I saw Kirsten's on on with us tonight too, and she was always attracted to uh, To water, she she grew up in New Zealand. Uh, She was attracted to to water, and we would have pools and lakes and oceans and so forth coming in. Uh, Ice cream, you know, when we really needed the ice cream, the ice Jesus brings in the ice cream, because there was it was part of the preference system, but it's not the focal point of of the guidance to bring in things that you like. Uh, The ego has just been doing that historically for millennium. You know, here I'll make a fake world, here's some cheese, just keep, oh, and I'll let you get the cheese every once in a while, but you work hard, earn that money, and go spend it on all the things that you like and prefer, and then just grow old and get sick and die, and then keep coming back and doing the same game, pursuing the, the ego uh, desires for distractions really, to keep us away from heaven, to keep us from knowing who we really are. So thank you Anne for, for bringing that up because that's one of those nuances about what does it mean to be, uh, that the Holy Spirit uses attraction. It's It's like the Spirit, Jesus, they use it so that you can really stay devoted to the mind training, to the dismantling, to the to the undoing, and to the miracles, and then these are like little um, signs and symbols that are like little winks from Jesus like, oh, I know you like that, did you, did you catch that? How this happened, that happened. I know that that was important in your journey too, because there were these little things, even with the film, you enjoyed films, I enjoy films, Svava enjoys music, but none of us believed I would be traveling, talking about the chorus all over the world, you never believed, you know, really that you would get into filmmaking or use that as a mechanism and Swava is just working on her second album and, and it's, it's, uh, it's not easy for the ego because it's, she didn't see herself as a, as a writer, a composer, a singer, uh, a, a recording artist, and now doing mixing, mastering, doing like all the aspects including playing instruments that she either had never played, a guitar or uh, playing the keyboard which she hadn't played for many, many years since she was a child. So we're giving you a clue that the spirit will activate and use things that you, you may not initially be drawn to like for me, travel and speaking, uh, or it, it can come in, this is kind of the method that the Spirit uses to, to show us that we can be done through, even though we may think, I don't even have a clue how I would do such a thing. If we're willing to be used, then the Spirit will expand our awareness by bringing through these skills, abilities, tasks, uh, it's not really, it's not even about taking our skills and making the skills better. It's more channelizing our skills in the direction of of loosening from our identity with the body and, and taking us more toward the light. Sometimes people think, well I have certain skills and abilities, maybe the spirit's just going to take my strong points and make them stronger. It's not usually going that way. Um, The spirit is not big on skills. The spirit is more big on what's the purpose for the skills? How can I channelize all the skills in the direction of forgiveness? Not about taking strong points and making them stronger. Not about having a self-concept and making a stronger self-concept. It's actually designed to dismantle the self-concept.
1: Yeah. And I think maybe it is even helpful to to just zoom out from specific guidance, because when we get into the specific guidance, sometimes we get really caught into, you know, these are the A option and B option, which one? And I'm not hearing anything. And if I hear one thing, you know, the ego always wants to come back and assess and judge. Are you doing the right thing? But I think really, um, you know, following the spirit in the end, we realize that it is this, this um, overall purpose, you know, is, is this really our sincere desire to want to have God's love fill our heart? Is this really the desire of our heart? And is this the only desire of our heart? And if it is the only desire of our heart, then everything in our life is fit into this. Then use it. Use it to achieve this purpose. And I bet when David, you know, I, I like the the parable when you say when you realize Jesus says in the course, you either you either learn the course a hundred percent or not at all. And you said, okay, then a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, I I sometimes listen to that parable, and I think that is saying 100% I want to know the spirit, and I want to know however, you know, the spirit meets each other, meets another person, how, how the spirit would, would meet the situation, how the spirit would forgive, so that the, the over, overall goal is unwaveringly so that I can have, I can learn love. I can learn, I can have this love fill up my heart. And with that being the overall goal, then I can guarantee you everything becomes more like a flow and instead of a decision-by-decision a, a decision struggle. And that's why, you know, when Slava comes here, the music would pour through, but it's not like... She would pray every day, you know, I don't know what, what my function is today. It's like suddenly it becomes given. And it's like when we make a big decision to say yes to God, and we really mean it. And that is what I was thinking, you know, how do we do we really make different decisions every single day, or are we making the same decisions over and over and over? And this decision is always that... Is this God that I'm choosing? And if yes, then I say yes to whatever form that is gonna come my way and trust that. So, and I can tell you, yes, uh, it's very attractive. That when, when we say yes to the spirit, the spirit actually sh- wants to shower us our, our love in the way with the most little things. And that's why sometimes we use the word attraction because it's like, wow, I can still do that? I can still have that. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we're so loved. Like that was my experience. That as we really deeply commit and say yes to God, then there's usually a, I, I always say, you know, you get showered with these symbols and these whims, almost just at the slightest. You know, when you make the big yes in your heart, then then there's a lot of symbols that get used to say thank you. Thank you for, for devoting your life to this. Thank you for pouring your, your heart into this. Thank you for putting your mind energy in this way. And that's really important. And then the, the ego always is trying to uh, make guidance into a very simplistic uh, kind of a, a form, simplistic goal that is unattainable in its size, and then it wants you to feel depressed, discouraged, because many times, when the mind, uh, when we're talking about guidance, then people start to think about hearing guidance, and then you say, "Hearing guidance, what's that?" Well, I, I want to, uh, I want to hear guidance, like like Helen Schuckman uh, mm-hmm. took it down. I want to hear it word for word. it's that's okay if it's rapid. I you know, I'll be patient. I'll. I'll go as fast as I, I want. I want that guidance to be in words that I can follow, and Jesus says that very few uh, can hear the voice for God directly. He even says it's rare. So, the ego is setting up a very difficult and rare um, outcome for its definition of guidance, so that there's many of the questions that come in, I, I wish I could hear the, Discern the guidance. I wish I could hear and everything. You know, at the beginning, I I could not uh, hear the voice of Jesus at the very beginning. But I used the Course in Miracles as an oracle. I would just pray and open it up and get my guidance that way. I was like, Hallelujah! That this this works. I uh, I don't care if I can hear or not, but I've got this oracle here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna open the book up spontaneously, like an oracle, and I'm going to get my answers that way. And then, I could also see though, that that the ego wants to make this goal about hearing, so that you can feel frustrated and really discouraged and depressed, and, and as Francis was saying, it would like to set up these simple things like, okay, am I supposed to do this or this? <laughs> You see how it's very simplistic. All right, Jesus. Give me a sign, you know. Do I have to use kinesiology or do I need a pendulum or or uh do I need something? Pick a card or, you know, something like flip a coin. You know, it's it the mind is desperate to get that guidance in some kind of simplistic way where you may have option A and B which you've just come up with. And now, you know, you're presuming <laughs> that it's one of these two. <laughs> and, and so at the beginning, you know, I thought, I'm not going to get all spastic and frustrated <laughs> about this guidance thing. I think I'm just going to use all of my heart to say, I'm coming to you, God, with everything I've got. I'm going to give you 100% of my devotion. It's a definite yes. And now I'm going to put it on you. Make it obvious. You make it obvious. If I can't hear your voice, then you make it obvious with the signs and symbols in the world. You make it so obvious that, that I'll, I'll be able to, to uh, see what it is that I'm to do. And I think many of us have had that experience where we, we do pray make it obvious and then something happens and it's so striking. Now the ego may not like the obviousness You know it may go oh come on you can't expect me but there are things that happen that are are very very direct and they're like huge signs
1: yeah it's like in even in today's lesson i I want the peace of god jesus says for those who sincerely want this the how or the mean will be given you in a form that you cannot miss but if if that is not the sincere or the sincere desire then the The means you will not recognize, so he puts it right back to, do you really mean it? And he said, devote the whole day to practice and to to see whether you really mean this simple prayer. I want the peace of God. So I think, you know, guidance is so. um, Sometimes you know, I remember the 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 beginning when David talks about his earlier experience when you started to hear Jesus saying oh you missed the key or you need to turn right or left when you were driving it wasn't like you're constantly praying but it just come like unexpectedly as you're going along holding that prayer in your heart I want God I want to give my life and then boom the direction comes and you're like where is this coming from? Okay, I will follow. So it becomes like, um, you know, it's back on Jesus, exactly mm-hmm. like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you lead, I will follow. Yeah. Like this whole guidance thing is on you. Uh, you're the one that has to give me the guidance and, and then I will follow it. So it's it, it's it, we're just trying to loosen it up from all of these false egoic um, constructs. Like a lot of times... You know, people will say, "Okay, like um, there's here. I'll write it down. There's a thousand things that I want out of my life in this world, and I would be happy if you could just give me like ten percent. Okay, that'll be the guides. You pick on the thousand things that I want out of the world. You give me maybe ten percent, maybe five. I, you know, it's okay." but you just bring those to me and then I'll be happy. And it's like Jesus is always leading us is it passing or is it everlasting? Is it temporary or is it eternal? Is it finite or is it infinite? You see these are the this is the standard for the guidance because the eternal and the infinite and the everlasting that's the holy instant, and, and leading us to eternity. That's all about the now. That's not about getting things that we believe we we want uh, from this world to be happy because Jesus is saying, well actually this world that you made, you invented, you, you believed in the ego, it invented a time-space world, and now you keep looking to these images in the world trying to decide how you're going to get the things that you believe you want and you believe will bring you happiness. When Jesus is saying, none of them, they're all temporary, none of them will content the Holy Son of God. You know, when you decide upon the form of what you want, he says in the Beyond o Idol section, he says, you lose the understanding of its purpose. So, Really, that's where the whole context of forgiveness and the Course comes in. He's saying, there's nothing, there is no thing of this time-space world that will ever make you happy. He's saying, the good news is that God created you happy, so you already are happy. And you have to just remove the obstacles, you have to remove all that you interposed between your eternal spiritual self and the way that you perceive yourself now. So this is not a course in in manifesting and getting things. It, that can be a step showing the power of the mind. It's not that 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 is wrong, but it's like it just doesn't go all the way. The secret doesn't go all the way. The law of attraction, they they have their benefits. They do show the power of the mind, but the real question is what is it for? Like if I would manifest and use the power of my mind to manifest, what do I think that's going to get me? Do I really think that will get me happiness? Getting more things, more stuff, more skills, more abilities, when the ego made them all in the first place to keep the mind from knowing eternal life. So I think that's the big key right there. It's, it's, the, it's getting a deeper sense of the context and realizing well, this journey of guidance will will help me go through a dismantling process instead of me achieving the ego goals that I had, which is the world's formula for success. I have ego goals, I work hard, I make a lot of money, and I can buy a lot of things that the ego says will make me happy, and the whole thing is a setup. There is never a point when you say, I've accumulated enough. You know, even when you're successful in terms of the world, in terms of education, in terms of money, in terms of acquisitions, stocks, portfolio, possessions, all the things, skills, you know, you get to that and you still go, is that all there is? You, it's, it's it's insatiable. The ego has set up an impossible situation so you can never be content by following it. It just leaves you high and dry. It leaves you empty. You know, you work at a company for 40-50 years and you know, you get some kind of a, a gold watch. Okay, and then after like 10 minutes you're like, okay, alright, it's kind of nice, but you know, you don't have a fulfillment from the gold watch. Or, or even if you're married for 50 years, my grandmother and my grandfather were married for 57 years, so when they had their 50th wedding anniversary, it was like a big party. People came from all over the United States to celebrate. But it's not like you get any brownie points in eternity for how many years you've been married. It's more, what was the quality of the relationship? Were you happy? Were you, did you feel joyful? Did you feel free? Did it expand your your awareness in your mind? That would all be a, a good use of a marriage if you if you actually felt content in the moment and and you learn to forgive your grievances through the context of the relationship, then that would be a, a marriage well well spent. <laughs> but if if you still find yourself where you're dissatisfied, you're, you have nagging doubts, nagging fears, it just means that, that the ego uh, tried to use that relationship to maintain and perpetuate itself in the mind. And so this is, we're getting down to some core things here, but this is all like, this is the context of, of true forgiveness, of really following the guidance and, in a helpful way. There's Anne. I hope we helped you there. (laughs) Thank you. Was there anyone that we just started to read through the questions? But is there anyone we want to bring up on screen here?
1: We did mention Candy. Candy,
0: Candy's here for the first time. Candy wrote me a beautiful, a couple beautiful emails. And hi, Candy. Hi there. <laughs> well, we want to do right now, you're muted, but do we
1: maybe we want to unmute?
0: Yes, you might have to unmute. There you go.
2: Oh, okay, um, I do have to say I might have an interruption in about 10 minutes, but it's only going to last about 30 seconds if y'all if, just in case if y'all don't mind unmuting me, or I might have to do that in a
3: second.
0: Okay, well, Candy, Candy wrote into us and and also wrote to me on an email, basically saying she's been her praying to the Holy Spirit, but now her her introduction to the course from a man named David who is in prison, um, and and they knew each other years ago, and and they met each other years ago, but now maybe you could just give a little uh just a brief maybe a 5 minute little brief description of how these miracles have been happening in your study of the course your communications with David by a phone while he's in prison and and what seems to be unfolding right now
2: well of course we don't know what's unfolding <laughs> but um it's just holy i mean it's just it's a uh, I've always, I've always, um, known when the Holy Spirit speaking to me, cause I've been raised like that, but, um, it's, I've denied it. You know, I've, I've had those moments where I, um, I don't want to go there. I didn't want to contact David. Why did I need to? I was, uh, when I first heard about him, I had a sense, I had a feeling that, uh, I knew the person that came and told me was the messenger of God, even though he might not know it, but I knew I got that message. And, um, I hadn't seen David in, you know, 12 years at that time. And, uh, I just, um, I knew it was, I, I, I kept avoiding though. I kept denying. I really did. I'm going to be honest. And, um, I knew he was okay. I just had a sense of feeling. He was going to be okay. I knew it. I didn't know I was going to need to be involved, but, I knew it was going to be okay, and so finally, I uh, I had some uh, some personal dreams that were coming to me, and I couldn't figure why they were coming to me, and I got up and read um, my daily devotional that morning. The It was the third morning, and I believe that um, three is a very special number that God speaks to me in. I mean, like, if he sends me two Legos in my yard that no one's ever lived in, I know a third one is coming. I'm not kidding, but um, so he he sent me three times a dream, and so I bought some jail credits and didn't have a clue what I was doing. And and uh, we can we contacted, and it was I had prayed so hard that God would make um, David remember all his uh, re- his education that he'd had in his Catholic schools, and because I knew he'd been con- he'd become very powerful, very rich, very whatever anyway, come long story short, uh, he introduced me to A Course in Miracles. He thought I knew you guys. He thought I knew about A Course in Miracles. And I was like, no, he goes, well, the way you talk and, and, uh, you think everything is happening, like you see it. And he said, you know, I I hear you say, Oh, thank you, Jesus. When I don't trip, but it's true. I mean, I do that. And, um, uh, through all these miracles every day, I'm telling you, I can't even remember what I Google. It's so godly. I have to. I've I've had to email myself everything I Google because I'm not going to be able to find it again. You know. And through all of that, I, I I found a the the reform guy of 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 our state, and he is going to. He's working on getting David out of jail, which David is honestly there for. I mean, and I, I everybody's innocent in prison, but it was a pure accident and it was political. And these people see it now and um, well, we don't know a time or anything, but we see a celebration happening and we're just grateful, thankful every day. I mean, I just, it's every day, you know, yesterday he called me and he said, did you get up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit? And I said, well, I woke up at three and I know, well, I've read that Jesus spoke to his disciples between three and six. And I always know that he's talking to me, and um, I said, "But the Holy Spirit never left me. I was, I never, we were together all night, so I didn't have to say good morning. It, it's like, it's almost like a constant greeting. I mean, I know y'all understand."
0: Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Candy. I mean, we we just feel your heart, and and to me, this is kind of. A beautiful witness of what Francis was saying about when we really say yes to God, when we really give ourselves over to spirit, the miracles come. You didn't even know of A Course in Miracles and so this is almost like uh, just the whipped cream and the cherry. Uh, your devotion to Jesus and the Holy Spirit was so strong and then now this is just another symbol in the world of, of allowing the miracles to come, to to change our perspective on the world, to see the world in a bright way with no judgment and and we're just following. So thank you, thank you for sharing that, that was just beautiful. We need witnesses, we always need witnesses because that strengthens our own experiences. I know when I first got into the Course and um, when Jesus first took me on my first uh, road trip, you know, it, it was, filled with stops, I was reading the Course, I was meeting people who were studying the Course and my first road trip I ended up down in Sedona meeting uh, Robert Perry and his wife at that time, Susan. I remember going out and meeting Beverly Hutchinson, I remember going to, at the time it was uh, California Miracle Center up in uh, San Francisco, now it's called Community Miracle Center. I remember meeting my friend Dorothy, uh, who I'd met in New York, who was so high into the spirit and so joyful, just absolutely joyful, and and going around and then in subsequent years, you know, going up spending time with Ken and Gloria Wapnick, uh, going to see Tara Singh, who was a, a teacher back then, but it was like Jesus was taking me on a tour saying, I want you to meet people who have said yes, and dedicated their life to this awakening. That was important for me, you know, to be able to sit with them, have have a cup of coffee, share a meal, ask them questions, see their demonstration and see their witness of devotion to following this pathway, to following the Course. So, I think that's beautiful that we just had candy on there because Candy is really just witnessing what you were just saying. Don't get too caught up into the specifics of the guidance. It, do you have a big yes? And when you have a big yes, watch everything in the world start to tilt toward you and come towards you to convince you that, that there, the guidance is very helpful and that you are being taken to, to peace of mind.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, It's amazing. Thank you so much, Candy. That was so good. That was, uh, I Thank just had loved reading your email. And then, then when you said I'll see you online at the guidance retreat, I thought, oh, that's great. I get to meet Candy. Well, we also have uh, some, our friend V or Virginia in um, in in co living, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote out a, a beautiful. Long expose on what's happening in her mind, and and asking about this topic, uh, because uh, both Virginia V. and and her partner Carlos Charlie um, came to help us out at the retreat in uh, March, and then they have stayed on and are still there, and so we just really were reading through some of the nuances of that um, experience because because there was a sense at the beginning where V said she felt kind of confident, um, a lot of self-confidence coming, but now uh, through experiences that have taken place in the last few months there is a question about how does this relate to guidance and, and and looking at the doubts that are coming up and the the concerns, and so maybe we could we yeah. could look at that that topic.
1: We can have maybe uh, bring up our La Casa co-living. They're not there. Okay. Well, but I think um, her question is pretty representative because they came. Um, they were doing a. Um, they were doing a, a world traveling, I think, in February and March, and they were going to come to Mexico for a month. So they they, they joined our retreat. Hi there. That's, nice. Nice. And then after that, the country closed down. Mm-hmm. So they stayed since, from March. Oh, Hi, Virginia. <laughs> All the way till now. So that is completely unplanned according to their life plan it's just this is like all the situation and everything just make it happen then they stayed in in this community and started to light up their thoughts and started to live with people they hardly live with themselves they're traveling together as a couple then now they have to live with themselves live with all these people and I think there is a dismantling going on. And, and then when you guys are getting into the specific everyday living and everyday projects with the greenhouse and the vegetable gardens, cooking, and like every day suddenly Virginia is saying that she be, from this really confident person, she became this, I have no idea, how to collaborate i have no idea how to make any decisions so they suddenly become this huge dismantling going on so maybe virginia you you want to share a little bit more oh yeah
3: thanks it was uh, uh, big for me writing and put it in paper and see uh because it's so uncomfortable to me Uh, in some way I say, Oh my God, I'm not helpful. I, I don't know how to do it. Uh, ask Charlie for every little thing or everybody here. And I feel that, uh, I don't want to do it doing like the doer that, like, um, making the things for my preference. So, uh, It's like that really, really has the guidance. I say to today, because I feel that sometimes I'm, I i do not feel water and I don't know if I have to do it or not and it's only pray and say, I don't know. So it's, um, I say that maybe uh, I was really uh, doing all the time. So it's maybe for me is not do anything right now and wait for a big, um sensation of a something um yeah and so if uh sometimes I, we make fun because uh with charlie we we are um we are seeing friends um friends uh I know, is it? The movie, the, yeah, no the movie that netflix friends um and we say that sometimes I feel like one of the characters of that group of people and uh it looks like in their in their life there are a lot of things, but it's never upset or never cry. It's like all the time it's make jokes about all the decisions in their lives and uh I the both things is sometimes I'm really anxious, and other time is oh, that's really funny <laughs> it's like that scene. So thank you yeah, ah. I, I always remember Francis and Le take me home and say, oh my God, teach me how to do it
0: <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's beautiful. Because when the the mind forms a self concept, which is what this whole world's about, then there can be this sense of of confidence that is tied in with pride and we have so many movies in our Movie Watchers Guide to Enlightenment where like the main character, I'm thinking of Family Man, uh, Nicolas Cage, mm. he seems very confident. He is at the beginning of the movie He's singing opera and he, he just feels like he's on top of the world. He feels like he's his life is perfect and then the angel played by Don Cheadle, he goes you think your life is perfect? Oh, this is going to be so much fun. The angel just just revels at the idea of him coming to more humbleness, of him coming to see the true core of love, what love is really about, and that his self-concept is very, very confident, but it's falsely self-confident because it's, it's based on values of the world, successes of the world. And so, This is pretty common, Um, like I said before. What Jesus gives us six uh, phases, six stages of the development of trust. Where at the beginning, um, our trust, you know, we have trust all right, but we have trust in a lot of things in this world. (laughs) We've we've misplaced our trust and we've invested so much in certain concepts and symbols and, and certain scenarios where we think, Oh, yeah, my life is going to be this in the future. I'm going to have this and this and this and this, you know We make up a fantasy world, and then we think oh, We're on our way to To obtaining all the fantasies in the future and having a happy life Meanwhile, we don't really see that there's a part in our mind. It's it's unconscious, but there's a lot of sadness And there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of frustration and there's a lot of of fear and guilt that's that's part of our unconscious mind. It it we never we kind of pursued a lot of things in the world to kind of cover it over, or sometimes we can even use humor to try to avoid it. I remember uh the first time uh, that uh Kirsten and I went down to uh, Columbia, to Cali Columbia, and we would meet with the course groups and they would all sit around and we would be there having food and then, and then the jokes started. And a lot of them were just sexual jokes, just one sexual joke after another, after another, after another. A lot of covering over a lot of, of uneasiness and anxiety that's buried in the mind. But we took the time actually to really sit there and really go much deeper into the mind. And I feel like, you know, in one sense you came to, you and Charlie came to help out at that retreat, you know, come even early to help get things set up for the March retreat and then all of time and space and even the pandemic is an answer to your prayer for true happiness. And Jesus is like, oh yeah, you have to we have to whoosh away some of these surface things, so that you can get in touch with with something that's down deeper in your mind. And then the ego is is judging the whole thing. It's saying, wait a minute, I was confident, and I thought I came in pretty confident and happy, and now, three months later, three and a half months later, I I feel uncertain. I feel. I'm second guessing, I'm looking to other people to tell me, is this right? Do you hear it? Do you hear the guidance? Did you hear it over there? Somebody tell me what to do here because I feel uncertain. But this is almost just like taking the lid off of the unconscious mind. Almost like if you had to clean a pan, a pot or a pan out, the first thing you do is have to take the lid off. You can't even put the water and the soap suds in until you get that lid off. Otherwise, it's just a, it's a sealed pressure cooker. <laughs> and you know, we're pretty good at trying to convince ourselves that we're happy in terms of the, the world. But then once we take that lid off, the purification begins. So I, I see that this is almost like an answer to a very deep prayer for you, where you wanted a deep sense of, of love, a deep sense of connection, a deep sense of peace deep down you prayed for that and now what seems to be happening is part of the undoing of the ego and the dismantling and the, the most helpful thing you can do is just go day by day and 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 pay close attention to how you feel because even even those feelings that you're you're getting in touch with are helpful inroads to go much deeper you know i I was so closed off from my emotions that, that I think I think through high school and university i was I was just using the intellect and I was just using like book learning and learning of the world to try to compensate for deep feelings of, of unworthiness of, of like feeling sad oftentimes of feeling. Disoriented, like how did I get to this world? I don't. It, nothing looks familiar here in this world. How did I even end up here? And and I had to go through a lot of tears and a lot of exposing to really go for that pure healing. To really get down toward the light, I had to do so much exposing and releasing. So I don't think anything's going wrong. It's just you've prayed a very deep prayer, and now. The Spirit's working with everything and it, it feels uh, kind of uncomfortable. Frances felt uncomfortable when she first came to the monastery, right? <laughs> you you were kind of looking around, what should I be doing? And you know, it's like she was just diving in. You know, she lived in China, you've been at the University of Chicago, you've been in Sydney and, and everything, and now you're out in the desert of Utah and you've just given your life over there, but but there was a lot of uncomfortable feelings, I think, that were coming up there at the beginning. And you were just trying to, to listen and follow even with the ones that you were working with in, in the very beginning.
1: Yeah, and I do feel like um, I trust, because it is my experience, I really trust that it is everyone's experience, which is that the spirit is guiding us along the way, with precision, meaning that whatever that we need to experience and whatever that's most helpful, there is no mistake. The people that that we're encountering during any period of time is what is most helpful for us. and And that is what I have experienced over and over again. So I feel like, you know, from the beginning when I came to the monastery, absolutely every person there, you know, whoever that, that I, I needed, what I needed most, was always, was always there. Looking back, I just, I still feel, every time I look back, thinking, how is this possible that this person is there, this person is there, this person is there with me? Like, this just in, enormous gratitude to recognize the help that is there and i really believe that it's it takes for us to to be able to to trust that you know whatever we need is is placed there and let us just trust that and really be very humble and i feel um virginia it is actually good state of mind to from this super confident and i know everything and i to a place where suddenly we realize we don't know, because that feels like a very humble place, that finally we're, we're asking questions. We're saying, can someone help? Can we help? Can you join me in prayer? Can we Can we join in asking the Spirit together? And I think if if I say what is the most important is that state of mind, that to admit that I don't know and I, I need help to join. And also joining in prayer is, I have to say that is the one of the most efficient way for me to hear guidance. Joining with a brother that holds the very same goal. How many times that I hear guidance through that way, 100% of the time when I pray with a brother. When I'm on myself, sometimes I can say, oh, I don't, okay, I did pray, but nothing comes through for a period of time. But with a brother, when we have join in minds, 100% of the time, so just cannot underestimate the value of a brother and the in prayer.
0: Yeah, that's a great example because um when we think of relationships sometimes we just think of a partner but there you are in the co-living community where you you're with a group of brothers and sisters there and the thing about it you know that that's not a a common um, configuration in this world i mean if if i was in in grade school or junior high high school or even high school if somebody said what, David, what do you think about communities? I'd say, what well, do you mean, like a, like a neighborhood? Uh, they say, no, a spiritual community, what's that? You know, I, I had no idea. Uh, it's not a common configuration. But, I do know that I, Jesus, as soon as I started getting into the Course, I just said, you know the way, you know what's best for me to clear my mind and to heal and to, to be truly happy. And then around, uh, I think it was about 1993, Jesus first started to get me involved in Course in Miracles uh, communities. And um, so that started in 93, so now what is this, about 27, 27 years later, I've been involved in so many different communities. I actually, before the pandemic, I planned to be over there with you guys, coming and visiting you until the governor of Jalisco said house arrest, if you're 60 <laughs> years or older you must stay in your house. So I render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. But actually when, I, when we first talked about the co-living I thought I, I'm going to go over there and do some sessions and talk to everybody and this and this. I still may surprise you all now, I could tell Benito I'm I'm thinking of coming. but. Uh, But what it was was starting these last 27 years of community if somebody told me that when I was like a teenager in my 20s, I'm like, you got to be crazy You think I'm gonna go be around a bunch of people and live with them. (laughs) Uh, I I was like a a loner. I was a loner. I liked living alone. And then Jesus is like, well, you want to be happy? You want to wake up to heaven? Uh, Here's my plan for you. And Francis is pointing out that that's one of the benefits of of spiritual community, is joining with a brother, joining with a sister in prayer, and praying together. Uh, Another benefit is, oh the ego gets flushed up so much. It already gets flushed up in your relationship with Charlie, but now you throw a bunch of other people in too, and a dog, and a cat, and and everything else, and it's like, whoa! (laughs) I was a confident woman here and then now I'm in spiritual community co-living and whoa It's all coming up, you know, and I'm, I'm just trying to navigate keep my head above water here So I don't drown in these uh, intense emotions So I have to laugh because that's exactly what Jesus is like the first community I said this is intense. He said yeah, your mind is intense. You believe a lot of crazy things and your mind's intense and the emotions are intense So then he just send me to one some travels and back to community more travels back to community you know back and forth and back and forth and you know, it's it's like it starts to sound more like Khalil Gibran's book the prophet about love, you know, where you're just you feel like he grinds He first brings in the harvest, and then you're like a piece of grain, a piece of wheat. Then he just grinds the wheat, and he grinds the wheat. Then you're down to, you're just some flour now. You're just poofy, soft flour. You were before a piece of wheat, now you're flour. Then he scoops it up, and he mixes the flour with water, and you're like, what? Then he throws you in the fire to bake you a little bit. You know, if you you really are going through stuff right now, you should read... The, the Khalil Gibran book, the Prophet, and just read the part on love. Just, just read that little section on love. Oh, and if you really get your fill of that, you might read the one on marriage, because that'll help you out with, with uh, you and Charlie. Those two passages from Khalil Gibran are like, you got to really be ready to face anything to go for true healing, to dr- to go for true union, true love bursting open heart where you feel connected with everyone and everything. Yeah, you got to be ground down and baked and, and in the fire and out and all kinds of things. And so if you can just hang in there with faith and trust and know that everything that seems to be occurring is actually part of the healing. Like this is part of the answer to take you into the most pristine spectacular state of mind. You know, that that Jesus loves you so much that he's just, he's taking you through these stages and steps that are absolutely necessary for the healing of, of relinquishing or letting go of what we had previously believed was so important. So thank you for hanging in there. I hope I get to see you soon uh, as part of co-living. <laughs> Hmm, beautiful mm-hmm. well we could um, we just love to hear from some new people and we yeah. would would love to hear some uh, some uh, expressions so maybe um, if any of you would like to uh, hold your digital hand up or wave your hand so Eric can see you. Uh, we can use this, this part of the welcoming to just um, hear what's on your heart and uh, also join you in the prayer of trying to bring some illumination and clarity to what you're sharing.
2: I'll go ahead and unmute you now, Biniam, and then you might have to unmute yourself on the screen as well there.
4: Hi, how you doing david
0: hi hi beniam
4: oh my god would you would you say the previous sentence that you said would apply to me or because uh i believe i just kind of lost a chance to join and uh i'm back to part or hell and'm uh, i trying to figure out things out it's been two years so there's complete hell, right? I'm like that kid from the last day's movie last week's movie
0: uh, which one was that With the, the Tron movie
4: the the movie that uh, the digital, the game movie Tron
0: Tron yeah yeah I
4: forget but, yeah uh,
0: yeah I would say I'm the kid that dropped down. Okay. You're the kid that dropped down into the game and, and, and uh, said, what I mean, is it? I was,
4: I was in the game. And uh, suddenly I just got out of it fully. And uh, I was driving. I mean, like, it's just an excuse, but basically everything I know almost disappeared and uh i did not experience the full union like in, in time so i kind of just jumped back even though i was so like there is literally nothing in this world like literally nothing i was told that i pushed on and i pushed on coming back and uh
0: Yeah, well, we can talk so, about that. So you, I think that was a, like a, a guidance or a grace that that allowed you to just step back from everything. You know, that's a huge, like a, that's a huge uh, step in guidance right there.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you, then begins this internal journey to to spirit, where some of the distractions, you just start to see them for what they are. And then you say, this is not, I'm not going to keep playing that game, I'm not going to keep chasing those ego uh, goals and those ego pursuits. And then, just that you're even on this online retreat on guidance and that we're talking is a beautiful witness and a symbol for you saying, okay, there's now there's some more uh, there's some more steps to go, uh, and and here I am, and I can I can be transparent. I can talk about it. There's a part in A Course in Miracles where Jesus says, "From this point on, you will not go on alone. Mighty companions will join you." So you know, in the old in the game, everybody was a competitor, whether they were a, a user or. Uh, a program, (laughs) like in in Tron, users or programs, but now we start to open up to mighty companions, like Francis was just talking about, how she said when she prays with a brother, and they both want the same thing, then a hundred percent of the time she receives the guidance. She was just sharing. You see how that's like a, it's a new purpose, like now we're not seeing these characters as, as our enemies or as our competitors or as if we're, we're playing, we're just uh, figures on some, someone's dream, but we actually start to see each other as a witness to what we want in our heart. So just you making it on the screen with, and we're having this joining right here, this is like a witness of to the Spirit and it's like that movie we just saw, Lucy, hmm. God's Whisper, I hear God's Whisper. You're You're coming back into your mind where you can come back to peace, where you can come back to sanity, where you can Not have to feel that you are obligated to react and respond to all these characters and all these situations. You can come back to the strength of of your mind, of the purpose in your mind, the light in your mind, the whole purpose of everything. A friend from Australia just sent me um, a little video clip. She said, Oh it's my lunch break David and I'm sending you a video clip, Debbie Jo. And, and in the clip, it was a man and a woman talking and the man was talking about all kinds of different situations and the, the coronavirus, the pandemic and all the pressures of the world and everything. And she would go back, always come back and she would say, no, no, it's, it's not complicated, it's very simple. She would say, the situations don't determine our state of mind. Our state of mind determines the situations. Just that one thing, just one thing takes you to more peace of mind. Because we can't figure out these situations, but if we believe that they determine our state of mind, then we're stuck. Then then the ego is in charge. But if we just remember one thing that we are the determiner of the situations and our, si- our state of mind can overcome any situation, coronavirus, pandemic, it can, uh, job situations, relationship situations, dramas, competitions, conflicts. Our state of mind is so powerful we can rise up and realize that th- we're dreaming this and we are not at the mercy of this dream. You know, we, when we thought we were on the, in the matrix, then it was crazy. <laughs> it's crazy in the matrix. It seems crazy insane, but as soon as we are able to, to even for a moment experience a miracle of peace, then it's very strong. So I'm with you brother. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this. This is a really a precious, precious time. Thank you. Beautiful.
2: Okay, thank you, Biniam. And I see Laura has her hand up. So, Laura, I'll go to you next. You can unmute yourself. Hi, Laura. Hi. Um,
5: Francis was talking about earlier uh, that if. Love and peace are the only desire of our heart. Um, and that, And there are times that I feel that way, the majority of the time. But then there are times where I feel like, you know, maybe it isn't, maybe it isn't the desire of my heart. I have these form things that just don't seem to go away. Form form wants that just don't seem to go away. And um, I can look at them and I can look at them with spirit and I can feel really good. And then it comes back. And I know that's what mind training is about, but is it just the doubt thoughts that are coming up? Is it just my interpretation of the situation? Am I always really, truly wanting peace of mind? And it's just the ego that gets in there and says, no, Laura, you don't want peace of mind. You want something in form. Because and I'm hoping to God you say yes, because I just want to know that so I can keep going. Cause I, I just feel lately. Like what is the point if, if it isn't?
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, I'm reminded of this idea that miracles are natural and and when they do not occur something has gone wrong and that miracles are everyone's right. You know sometimes we hear about human rights or so forth. Miracles are everyone's right, but purification is necessary first. So, so we're all entitled to miracles. We all have complete entitlement because of, of who's, who's reaching us and, and even beyond that, who our source is, who's sending the miracles to help us. But we're all entitled to those miracles, but I think you can just say, yeah, but, and there's a purification occurring. You know like the old days, remember the days of uh, like um, dishwashers, you know, you gotta, you stack all the dishes in there then you got to put your little packet of soap or whatever, and then you got to run run the dishwasher cycle. And if it's one of these older ones, older machines, sometimes you have to run a number of cycles. <laughs> they they've got spots on them. It's like, whoop, oh, not done yet. You know, back back in you go. You know, need to we need to rinse that a little bit more. So I feel like. That's, that is important to know, That just to remember, that you are entitled to those miracles and that, as we just talked about with V, with Virginia, it's, it, it is a, a, a healing process of purification, and somehow, deep down, I know your heart, I know you are praying for this healing, and we are all praying for this healing, and then what shows up as Francis was saying earlier, these characters that show up in these circumstances and situations are not at random, they are not by accident, you know. They are actually part of a plan that's designed to help us reach the healing. That that things are not going wrong, but it's this tendency when we're t- so identified with being a person, then we think, am I doing enough? Did I?" What happened there? Why am I still desiring this thing in form? What do I think will this will bring me? Sometimes I would I would just walk through the park and I would say yeah I'm really fixated on on this thing. Yeah, I'm thinking about it a lot So I must I would take a nice long walk at, at the University of Cincinnati I would go up to Burnet Woods take these long walks in the woods like I need some help here, I need some clarity. I, I keep pursuing the same things, even though it's, they're not as frequent. But when they come up, you know, it seems like the mind gets locked on them and I, and I, I need help. So that's, that's why we're here, that's why we're doing these gatherings and retreats, and that's why we're encouraging everybody to to pour their hearts out, because it may, be, it may come through another participant even of something that they say or something that like can't, something that candy says or something that that somebody is saying that may be the thing that helps shine some light on that for you but we feel your heart we know we know your willingness is there you're you're calling on the miracle <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's it oh beautiful dora
2: Okay, I see Patrice has her hand up. Patrice, you can go ahead and unmute yourself.
0: Hi, Patrice.
6: Hi, hi. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, great! Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. I I just want to report. Ah. Oh. I'm so grateful I just want to report oh my god you know I think I met you both Francis David in, in, in February I think it was and I've been studying the course for I don't know maybe 10 or 15 years and this whole time I I wanted to believe in God. I wanted to know God. And um, I have a family who's from the Primitive Baptist Church, which is a beautiful church. And uh, my mother would say to me sometimes, you know, you need to fear God and whatever. And I would say, no, I don't want to fear God. I want to know God. I want to love God. And, and, and there was always this conflict of like my mind wanting to know, And then comes this, you know, intellectual person's path. And finally, after I met you guys, I was like a month later or something working on a cruise and it was, I was just at the bottom. I was like, I can't take it anymore. And I just, I just begged and demanded. Like I just said, God, you have to show me yourself of yourself no theories and no Jesus and nobody. And also I never, as a kid, I was so loving the spirit, but I didn't respond to Jesus because I didn't respond to the religion. But I knew there was a God, I was just like, there's gotta be. And I even like got little kids in my room when I was a kid and preached to them. Like, I don't care what anybody says. There's gotta be a God that loves you. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. and. Anyway, then I finally, like, I just sort of like, I was like, I gotta know, Don't, you have to show me now. And somehow I was shown and then I was good. I was like, I was cool for a few months, you know, to keep working and just be like, all right, I'm gonna keep going because I, I've, I've, and then it feels like it's starting to fade away and this and that and whatever. But then, yeah, this, this what I'm experiencing as providence, This COVID, you know, and just being able to be home and by myself and, and then be on all these retreats and this. And then I don't, can't remember how it happened or when it happened, but it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, you know, first of all, on that Easter retreat, I just felt like this rock move inside my heart, you know, just this much ever so much. And then. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, I just fell in love with Jesus. (laughs) And I was, I noticed, I was like, drawing, you know, and working, and then I would notice. I would get so happy, like, ooh, I'm going to see Jesus later. I'm going to watch a video. And it's just going to be, oh, Jesus, later. Uh, Like, just like. uh, Unbelievable, just and then that was like for a few days, like that. And then I woke up one morning with like a lead blanket over me, like ah, oh, like this, like this the ego just being like just clamping down, like no, no, like not a word and nothing. So <laughs> well, I really relate, you know, to what someone was saying earlier this feeling like, oh shit, I missed it. I've had done that like four or five times in my life, like, Oh my God, I missed it. But by now I know, no, it's real. You can't miss it. You won't miss it. Just, just stay, just, just be quiet, you know, and wait and and just go, just learn in mind, go over the lessons, just keep going. And then, so the other day, so now I'm completely in love with Jesus. And then I have this horrible, like silence, damning like you know feeling and then I wait through it and then all of a sudden it's like oh it's coming back and meanwhile too I'm watching these gospel movies that are like the, the gospel words of the gospel you know and it's like woo and it's all coming together and this in particular the old Jesus I realize they're the same and the old Jesus is really helping me with the situation with racism and, and white supremacy and, and the, the murder and the just the nightmare. It's really, really helping me get through this, like to understand, you know, here I come with this and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm, so I'm back feeling more in love with Jesus again. And I go see my best friend who's basically the only person that I ever see for the past six or seven years. And I'm sitting in her garden with her and, I, and I'm just talking about Jesus and I'm laughing. I'm like, look, I'm sorry. I can't help it. I just can't stop talking about Jesus. All of a sudden I'm that person. And uh and I and I and I don't wanna didn't want to be that person. And and I went to sleep that night and was like, I don't wanna be the person. What's gonna happen? Am I just gonna always be talking about Jesus? What is gonna happen to me? And I woke up the next morning and I called my mom, my worry about she's old and has dementia and this and I've been praying and begging my older sister, please take her to your house and take care of her and I'll help you. I wake up in the morning, I call my mom, she's not home, my nephew's home, he says, my other nephew came and got her that morning and she's at my older sister's house. And now this dynamic has changed in that house where my little nephew who's 13 is, and all of a sudden he's talking to me and we start talking about Jesus. (laughs) And this child, oh my God, is completely filled with the Holy Spirit.
0: Uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh.
6: Oh my God. And all of my worries about my family are over. Oh God. And uh and I've got somebody to talk to, and he's got somebody to talk to, and he's so grateful. And so am I. And just now, we and we. since then, we've talked to each other every day. I don't talk to anybody every day because I'm that person that is like, I don't like people. I don't join. And I've been so lonely. And it's like talking to a brother. There's no hierarchy. There's nothing. And then I said, and then we ended up, he ended up, I ended up weeping and he was praying. And we were praying there together. And I was like, my God, this kid can pray. Jesus. And then we, I was like thanking Jesus and thanking God and so was he. And then it came to me like this feeling, oh, thank the child, like give to this child. This child must need you. He's only 11 and you know, or whatever he is. And he, you know, and I thanked him and I, and I knew before I thanked him that he was gonna say, don't thank me, thank God. I didn't do anything. I knew he was gonna say that. And he said it, and then I, and then, and then after I got off the phone with him, I realized, and getting off the phone with him was like, like a seal just in the water. See you later. And then I, I, I thought to myself, Oh, that's it. You really want to help him. That's your deepest wish is to be helpful and to be able to love and have your love mean something and whatever you do and say means something. That's for people and to really not be the cause of anyone stumbling like the older Jesus said. That's the deepest prayer in your heart. And there's the answer. He doesn't need you, he needs God. (laughs) And you don't need anybody, you need God. And there's how you can find your relationship with anybody else. There's how you can finally not be such an awkward adult, not be at the, not be underneath all of the trauma that you've experienced, how that is healed and disappears in every relationship.
0: That
6: oh. um, would be so thank beautiful. You, <laughs>
0: thank, well, you. thank you. You know, it's, it's like that seed was in your heart when you were a little girl and you gathered your friends together and you would preach <laughs> that there there is a God and God loves us. And then now it's just, through relationships, but through the relationship with God, you knew all along that was the answer. And now it's just coming stronger and stronger into your life. So hallelujah, this is, that's, <laughs> this is our revival! <laughs> this is our Jesus revival! <laughs> it's like that intimate connection, yeah, you can see it. Now, there's a witness. There's a witness for God. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Patrice. Patrice. (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, Francis and I met Patrice. We were in Sedona doing a Take Me Home uh, weekend, and I was just there and loving God and feeling the joy and just talking, talking, and and Patrice was kind of rocking, I saw her ro- her head rocking, like she was just tuned in. I was just, I was into the transmission and she was just <laughs> tuning in to this, we were tuned into the same same station, <laughs> the God channel. And, uh, but that's, that's the key, you know, that's, that seems to unlock everything, because then that's that you were saying, just a big yes to God and, and then how everything starts to tilt. And it's not so much like a person trying to figure out how to get the guidance, or it's through the power of prayer, but but the prayer of the heart is to know God. Like Patrice was just saying, I I, want to know God. I know it has to be possible. And with that heart aimed in that that high calling, then everything starts to come. And we can call it guidance, but you know, it's not like a a, B, C, D, you know, uh, even um, as you start to really get into the experience more and more and more, the idea of steps starts to sound silly and funny, you know, steps, steps, you know, that's more of the analytical mind, you know, put it, put it on like a, uh, on a timeline, okay, first step, second step, you know, we're so conditioned to the steps, but then it's more of, what is the prayer of my heart? Really getting in touch with that, and, and, and really saying, I, I want this, uh, this connection, so thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, so sweet.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm feeling to go to Christina next.
2: Hi Christina, you can unmute yourself.
7: Hi oh hi guys
2: hi. Thank you
7: Patrice. oh my gosh I was just like on fire with that transmission there, so thank you yeah um I just wanted to share a couple of things um um I guess one thing about guidance I had talked to my son one time we were talking about giving our hearts to Jesus in particular, but yeah, I think it's just the same thing you know devoting yourself, just giving yourself over to the holy Spirit and um you know, oh gosh, it's scary. Like, what's going to happen if I listen? And then I was thinking, well, it's not like I haven't been suffering. You know, I mean, I, I I suffer when I haven't been tuned into the spirit. That That's very painful. And so when I think about that trepidation I experience and, and you know, accepting the guidance, um, it can't be worse. It can't be worse than not even walking towards him. You know, it's that feeling of aloneness and the confusion and the pain and the suffering. I mean, that's worse. So I, I feel like, um, when I just take those little steps, even though you hit those walls and you're not sure what you're doing, sometimes it's still, when you keep breaking through and breaking through, you just feel yourself being lifted into higher places and the suffering is less. And it doesn't last as long because you know I before I started coming into this I was like under a dark cloud constantly just it was just a constant confusion a constant darkness and deadness and the more and more I come it just gets brighter and easier and even though you know just recently I was coming out of a lot of fear and darkness but it didn't last near as long and it wasn't it wasn't nearly as intense or as painful it just seems like the more I just trust and go a little bit closer and a little bit closer, it sort of just is a little bit easier to overcome each time. And um, yeah, and then the other thing about um, just really experiencing the spirit, um, it felt to me like the more I just stepped out and, and just spoke about it, like in any kind of situation where I felt guided, even though it was scary, um, it it created more channels for, um, for me, understanding that there is no place where I can't share the Spirit. Like, it's wonderful to have a place like this because it's very open and, and so generous. And I see that, you know, the f- fruits of the Spirit, I was going through the list love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self control, it's all here. I see the demonstration of the spirit in each life that's being expressed. And then I say, there, I know the spirit's here. And I just praise God for that. And I know that we can stand in this this strength and we can just let this light just pour forth from us in any situation we find ourselves in. There's no place where spirit's not. There's no place where spirit's not present in any person or situation. And if we have faith in that and we just feel that, that confidence, we can just Let it out, let out that glorious light. And I just thank you, (laughs) thank you, love you, Jesus. We love you guys (laughs) so much. (laughs)
0: Thank you. you. What a joy. Yes. What a joy. Yeah. Even in the darkest night, even when we're facing the darkness, you can you can just pray. You can call on help. Swava was saying too that she's. She's birthing this new uh, CD, but it's just been taken every bit of prayer, but been praying, praying. So not only did Jesus show up for her repeatedly, but Mary Magdalene and Jesus both (laughs) are showing up like, oh precious sister we are here for you and the softness and the the enveloping love and light that's there and then that's what's necessary to to complete our assignments, like each of us have what the Course calls a special function, it's just what's special about the function is that we seem to have taken on characteristics of, of bodies and male and female and, and places on earth, with, sometimes with children or different situations and, and right there in that soil is where the Spirit comes to bring the seed and bring forth the, the light and let that light come streaming through and so in one sense we've all said yes like give me my uh, special function. You uh, bring me my miracles, my daily miracles and let me shine my light in whatever situations you want me to. You bring me, you point me in the direction and you let me go at it and, and come through me. And And then that's how in the end we can feel like there's a, a, a completion, or everything comes full circle. Like, wow, we, we gave our heart to this. We, we're here to, to be the light of the world, to let the light of the world shine through us until we can, we can finally do our Truman Show. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Uh, with a sense of fulfillment in our heart. Like, we okay, we, we took on our assignment. Uh, we were shining our light, we gave it everything we had in our heart, and then we can kind of take, take a bow and say thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for using all these symbols. So, thank you, Christine. Thank you for, for your witness. You know, it's, it's just coming to me, like it's just the, the place to start with the guidance is like the, just that spark. In your heart, and when uh, Patrice was talking about this unexpected, uh, glorious joining with her nephew, with her 11-year-old nephew, and how it's drawing her out of the sense of uh, being alone and not liking people or being around people, that that that's that's how you start. Is you start with with what sparkles in your heart, what really feels. Like a sparkle there. I remember many years ago, I've met so many people on my travels because I traveled around the United States in the early years starting in 1991 and I I met this woman and she said my daughter and I decided that we would like to experience guidance and so we prayed on how can we feel this spark in our heart, and how can we experience the guidance. And and Jesus said, "We'll just go on a road trip, and um, at every turn of the road, and every this point of, of choice, I want you to just feel the love and feel the connection." and I want you to just check in with each other. And they thought, well that'll be a fun road trip because um, that'll be a fun thing we can join on, is, is, what, is what is the spark, what are we feeling? So they would, oh my gosh, they told me of the, their adventures taking off from California in the car and packing the car up and coming to the first stop sign and sitting next to each other in the front seat of the car just going, Are you feeling right or left? And they just did this for the whole trip. It was a trip through the west, went to Colorado, I think they went down to uh, Arizona, New Mexico. They told me this huge, wonderful adventure that they had, which was their guidance trip. And it just started with just going together and deciding we're not going to make any decisions alone. We're just going to feel it. And see what happens, and see where it takes us and and it's quite joyful when you can start to think of of opening your heart to feel this inner guidance as as like a discovery as as an adventure uh, like we see so many videos you know, like Jason Silva, some of his you know he's excited he's excited because it's a discovery he wants to. Turn the video on so he can talk about his discoveries of going beyond the mundane perceptions of the world to these expansive, heightened experiences of connection to spirit and to God. So I think if you can start to reframe it a bit from kind of like a lot of the you know, even the I know mind can come in with guidance, because there can be a lot of assumptions and presumptions about it, and then it turns into like this complicated topic. But what we're really saying is if you tune into that spark in your heart, then the faster you do that, the more you can, you can actually rec- start receiving these little nudges and prompts. It doesn't have to be a voice, it doesn't have to be words. You can start to feel something in your heart and then it starts to take hold and you just start to follow it and, and go on the adventure.
1: Yeah, I think it is actually really important for the mind to want to focus on the spirit and want to want to go a, like a, a totally opposite direction of the problems that we're facing. Even on this spiritual journey, it can get so intense and like, like a, Laura just was saying, oh, my God, what if I my my desire is not pure? That is almost like that is so bad, then I, I'm doomed. I cannot. But the Spirit is saying the whole point is that, you know, the blocks will come up because that's all that we're looking at is the blocks. But we're not going to take those blocks and the problems very seriously if we know the answer is at hand and we can have... a. A instant change of focus in this very moment, then when we change the focus and when we desire peace, this is what we're talking about when we say we desire the peace and we desire God. It's in that moment when you make a decision like David was talking about earlier, it's not about a future. I'm choosing guidance so that my future will look a certain way. It's in this very moment I am choosing To seek light and Jesus and lightness in my heart and that is that is what it takes us you know
0: yeah yeah so you can you can think about it's like let present trust direct the way instead of what instead of past learning instead of futurizing let present trust direct the way see it as an adventure see it as a a discovery I mean, for me, it actually, I, I felt very disconnected when I was a teenager and then, but I could feel like I loved music, so I would go to music stores and I would listen to the radio. I know Svava would listen to a lot to the songs on the radio and get a recording device and record it, and I was so inspired. But uh, one of the songs that's coming to mind to me right now, because I used to feel these heart openings, like a bursting joy come over me when I would hear a song. And one of the ones that just is coming to mind was from Kenny Loggins. And the song is called Keep the Fire. Keep the fire burning tonight See just what comes into sight Don't take forever, take it through the night And believe the sun will rise with the dawn that's all you need to go on. So for tonight, just keep the fire burning bright. And that was so light for me because I thought I can handle that if I really start to zoom into the to the now. If I really start to zoom into the gratitude I feel, the happiness I feel, if I really start just bringing it back to the now it suddenly gets simpler, and simpler, and simpler, and simpler. When we think on the timeline, Oh, I'm a human being, and I've had some bad days, some really bad days, and maybe there'll be some bad, hard days coming in the future, and we start to seeing this world is like a riddle, like our whole life is a riddle, like our whole life is some kind of weird question mark, there's no fun. There's no joy, there's no adventure, you know, it's just like, okay, what am I gonna do tomorrow? Okay, what's the guidance? All right. (laughs) Just give me some guidance tomorrow. Just another day. Okay. You know, we, we it's like we want some kind of a roadmap. We we want the guidance to be some kind of a roadmap for the future. And actually we wanna be sparked right now. We want to feel some happiness and some joy and some love right now. And I, if we just remember that the guidance is all for that. It's not to make a better future. It's to feel the present happiness. That is what the guidance is for. Then it starts to, to simplify. Then it's like, okay, wow, that's different than what I thought. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad I was wrong about guidance. I'm glad it's not so complicated. I'm glad I can I can really start to settle in and connect in this moment because that's to me that's absolutely everything. So we're on this ride. We're we're riding through this moment and we'll just see how it how it unfolds, but but uh tomorrow morning I'll come back and and uh, I'll be reading through some of the prayers and, and uh, I'll just share whatever comes on my heart, whatever glee and joy and happiness comes through. Maybe another song or something, I don't know. Uh, and then we'll go through it and we'll, we'll have a lot of interactions uh, too. And then to, of course as we do, we will roll on into uh, a, movie. a movie. And the movie will be on topic. We always just pray together we have no idea what the movie is. We know that Spirit's going to pick us the perfect movie for what we're going through. And then on uh, Sunday we'll come back and uh, we'll, Francis and I will do another little panel. And Slava's even got a couple more, maybe a couple more songs. And so we're just going to roll right through this, this uh, guidance.
1: Demystify guidance.
0: <laughs> Demystifying guidance. That's what we... That's what makes it a direct path. Yeah. There's nothing more direct than right now. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty strong. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us and, and for going on this journey. We are mighty companions to one another. We are here to nurture, to bless, to inspire, to bring a sense of lightness uh, to our life and uh, to enjoy the adventure.